What's up, guys? Welcome to episode eight of the FHA podcast. This is your co-host Adam Zukowski. I'm here with Connor Bazal. Uh, Connor, where are you at? How you doing? Did you just call me Connor? I did. I did call you Connor. Not weird. Um. Anyways, <laughs> hi, Zook. Uh, I'm doing good. I am a couple weeks away from our semester ending, so kind of stressed out. Kind of getting ready for finals. Um. For all the junior guys out there, don't go to don't go to college, don't go to school. This part of it sucks. Just try to try to stay in juniors as long as you can, so you don't have to put up with us. But other than that, things are going great. How are, how are you doing? I'm the complete opposite. I'm basically playing junior hockey right now. Um, so we're in like our December term or D term because we already had our finals. Um, and now it's just simply hockey. Everyone else in the school is gone except the winter athletes. So the school pays for all of our food, everything. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of away games too. So it's kind of like we're just on the road uh, playing junior hockey in college, which is like best of both worlds. It's nothing yeah. better than get, getting that team card for, for a couple of meals. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did, we did not get free meals in Boston, I'll tell you that. No, I think last year um so we what, what you're doing right now we do in january after this this uh fall semester is over and yeah it's kind of the same thing every it did, it did feel like i was in juniors again just doing the same thing every day like going to the rink working out practicing getting all my stuff done and then just going home and having absolutely nothing to do um taking naps i started taking naps again oh i couldn't tell you last time i took a nap i'm i'm, yeah. so, I'm looking forward to that a lot in january yeah, I, I don't think I'm not a big video game guy, but my roommates last year convinced me to get into the Fortnite game. I don't think I've ever played that much Fortnite in one month in my life. It was crazy. And I'm so, pretty... so bad at it, too. So it was it just gave me something to do. Yeah, exactly, dude. I'm, I don't play video games either. I don't have anything in my in my dorm that I can do. So it's just we've been watching the World Cup. We all like our coach bought us like wally if he's listening he bought us like 150 pounds of chicken and handed it to our seniors who have apartments and he's like have the have all the rest of the guys over and uh cook them some meals so it's just simply chicken and rice every day and watching the world cup it's kind of <laughs> hilarious go where you get the get the boys together though no it, it is it's a great bonding time to be honest and like in school we're all doing our own thing all the time it's nice to like be a junior hockey team almost for a little bit I have not been paying attention to the World Cup at all. Like I, I don't like, I I don't mind soccer. Like I, like I went to a one of the Loons games this summer. It was actually really cool. Like I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere and like the the whole chanting aspect of it. But like, I think with the World Cup, like I just can't stand the flopping. Like, I it it drives me nuts. Like I get it. It works a, a lot of the time. And I get that that's like a part of their game, but I just can't wrap my head around it for some reason. Yeah. So I'm not invested in it right now. Uh, Well, here's the thing. If, if school were in session, I wouldn't be watching it. But I have time on my hands. And I I played soccer until I was 17. I played all the way like varsity through high school. So I like, I could say I kind of get the game. Nowhere close to like what, actual soccer players do but um i i noticed like cool stuff that happens in the games the flopping does suck i was not a flopper i was the one who was like 
I played hockey when I was playing soccer. Like I was like hitting kids, like shoulder checking, like stuff. You're not, I wasn't a skilled soccer player, but I made it work. You kind of pin me as a flop guy. I'm being honest. I don't even really? know. How, I don't even know how to like elaborate on that. No, I, I, I can see that in hockey. <laughs> I, I get hit a lot. So no, I think my, my soccer history includes like playing one year when I was five. I think my team name was the snakes. And then I've won a, I've won a couple of sewer games in my day. That's about it, though. That's all. That's Maybe very good at sewer. <laughs> it made me very good at sewer. Not enough to not break my hand, but <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the worst. That was the worst thing ever. But yeah, it's, um, it's getting it's getting to that point here in Buffalo where it, I can tell winter is coming, and I'm sure all listeners out there like saw on the news how we were supposed to get absolutely dummy with snow and um fortunately we were out of town that weekend and literally i think i had every single relative of mine text me and be like hey can you send me a picture of the snow like send me a picture of your car after you get home and i'm like sure whatever and i get back here and i think it all blew away i was like this this is nothing and I, yeah. I think two days later it was all gone it's nuts yeah I I actually did. I should have asked you about that. I, I did see that. Um, I don't know. East Coast always gets murdered with snow, and then it all just goes away. Here we get like, or like in the Midwest, you just get dusted with snow, and it all just piles up and never melts. Um, I'm lucky I'm seasoned because uh, getting getting my car out of the snow was no problem for me. <laughs> for for yeah. some guys, they they struggle a little bit. Yeah, I've got the yeah, show. Honestly, it felt like like my like when I got back from that road trip, like it felt like it was just a typical Minnesota, like winter snowstorm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But speaking of Minnesota, Zook, we haven't mentioned who's coming on today as our guest. Oh yeah. Uh, we have another guy that's, that's from Mini, Tyler Rossini. He is one of my training partners at the Fortis Academy in the summer. And he currently plays at Bethel university, which also is in Minnesota. So um we had a great conversation with him thankful to get him on um zook what'd you think about it i thought the twin talk was really cool i'd never like i'm an only child so one <laughs> perspective the twin perspective on things is kind of cool especially because his brother's obviously pretty good at hockey and yeah. like i asked him a question like at the very end i'm not gonna spoil a lot but like he talked about how his motivations like stemmed from being a twin a lot too and having a twin who's really good at the game of hockey. I thought it was really cool like to hear his whole mindset on how he trains and stuff. Yeah. No, one thing I forgot to say in the interview is like I kind of I mean I kind of mentioned it a little bit when I said like there's just weird things that go on with twins that you can't really explain. And I I mentioned in it that like sometimes my sister and I can like finish each other's sentences which I think that's pretty common. But I think another thing too is like, I feel like we feel each other's pain. And I was like, I thought about that after we interviewed Tyler. Like, I feel like every time I go through something tough or she goes through something tough, like we just feel that pain. Even being like, I mean, I don't even, like we're like 500 miles away from each other right now. So it's like, there's certain yeah. times where it's just, it's just weird. Like I'll be like, like, man, like why am I in a bad mood? Like I have nothing to be like, upset about it. and then i'll remember like oh like madison's going through blah blah and like it's like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's it's weird but i mean even like even with, with jake and tyler like just just being able to train with them in the summers and stuff like it's so cool to see how they push each other and motivate each other like those two really like are so good for each other i'm i'm i'm, I'm jealous that they they got to uh experience like the boy and boy twin combo because i'm sure it's completely different from my situation yeah also like hearing his whole experience through junior he had a really kind of had a crazy rocky experience saw three teams in a year in the covid year he was definitely at a level he shouldn't have been playing at and like how he coped with that was also really cool you guys will hear that in the interview too yeah i mean it's it's weird to think too like with his birthday he was only allowed to play two years of juniors after high school so like all these things that he learned and all these experiences he went through in only two years like that's that's coming at you quick so but yeah i mean i feel like enough talking about the interview we should probably just get to right now zook huh yeah uh without further ado uh let's uh talk to tyler Bassini. on this episode of the fha podcast we bring in another minnesota native who just like me happens to be a twin and is someone that i've gotten to know well throughout our summer training program past couple years uh this guy played his high school hockey for buffalo the fake Buffalo, that is. And then went on to play two years of juniors with stops in the USPHL and various teams in the NAL. He is now off to a great start to his freshman year playing at the collegiate level at Bethel University. Welcome to the pod, Tyler Brissini. Ty, how's it going? Great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, boys. Where are you talking to us from? Um, I went home today. We just got back home from Chicago last night at about 1.30, so... Maybe track home. Um, so like we said in the intro, you have a twin brother who's currently playing at the University of St. Thomas. So how was it growing up with a sidekick like that? And how did you two get into hockey initially? Um, man, it was crazy. I could talk for for hours about me and Jake's relationship, but to to start, um my dad put us in when we were five years old, I think. And I vividly remember the first time I was on skates we were on the the old rink at buffalo called peterson arena and i was i had my hands on the on the rail like this just staring at my mom and dad through the glass like get me off here like my feet hurt i don't i don't want to be on the ice um and i don't remember if jake had the same feeling or not but that my first time on skates was terrible like I hated it. I didn't, I did not want to play hockey at all. But over the years, like me and Jake, and we were on the same team every single year. Um, my dad started coaching us when we were in squirts, maybe even younger, honestly, probably mites, some going back that far, though, it's hard to remember. But what I can remember is um having a twin brother like he's always there to push you like if you're sitting on the couch and you hear pucks thumping against the the shooting tarp in your garage or in our basement you're like what am i doing that kid's not gonna be better than me you know like um so it was always just like competition like we'd play nhl together every day we'd play knee hockey beat each other up get on the 
backyard rink in our backyard and going to town against each other. And my dad would watch from the window or he'd come out on the ice and, and work with us. So he was a definitely a huge part in, in my brother's development throughout the years. You guys actually play like really similarly. Do you think just, you know, being around each other all the time and like you said, training together and stuff, do you think that plays a part as to why that is? Um, I would, yeah, I would think so. Cause like in high school, um, and especially in Bantams, we, we would always like, I would do one thing, like I would hit somebody and Jake would just know to just skate out past his defenseman. I would just find him and he'd have a breakaway and he didn't really miss breakaways ever. It was like his, his strong suit. Um, but it was just playing, like playing off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Like Jake wasn't always the guy that was going to go hit somebody or whatever. He was going to dangle you and make you fall over and snipe your goalie. And I was more of like the, the intimidator. Like if you touch Jake or hit him in any way, like you, you were going to know who I was by the end of the night. Like I was either going to try to hurt you or take a penalty or whatever it was, get under your skin. And I don't know, we just kind of had that like one, two punch. Like it was, Jake was the goal scorer. I was the, the mean guy that would kill people and pass, pass in the puck and he would do the work. Um, so it was now like not playing, like not playing with each other. I think I developed more of, more of his game. Like I still have that, that mean side to my game, but I'm kind of more of a shooter now. Like I've taken more pride in having the puck on my stick and not trying to be this mean guy out there. Cause like I'm, I'm five, nine, five, 10. Like I'm not the biggest guy on the ice like playing against 24, 25 year olds. It's, it's kind of hard to act like that dude that can kill everybody out there. So you kind of have to change what you do and, focus a little bit more on the skills and the gifts and abilities that you were gifted with. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like I, like, like I said in the intro, like I'm also a twin, I have a twin sister that, that plays at Ohio state and uh, you truly can't explain to people like how it is to be a twin unless you are one. Like, it's just, it's, there's so much that goes into it that people don't get. And like, um, I was kind of the same way too, where, um, my, like our, our dad got us into hockey and like, we were always in our backyard playing together and stuff. And we, we, we only played in the same team, I think like twice, but, um, and I, and I also hated it. Cause like, whenever people would find out that I have a twin sister who played hockey, immediately the first question is, is she better than you or which one's, which one's better? Which I imagine, uh, you and you and Jacob have, have dealt with that. But I mean, also too, like, I feel like me and my sister, you know, you hear, you hear certain things like, oh, you know, they're like twins can think the same things at the same time and stuff. And I think for me and my sister, it's like, there are a lot of times where we can finish each other's sentences like halfway through. It's kind of weird. And it's hard to explain, but like, is there anything like that that you and, uh, you, you and Jake can attest to the kind of, kind of the weird, weird side of being a twin? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. A couple of things. Um, want to answer that that first part that you and 
uh, your your twin sister. Always getting the oh, who's better? Um, for for a while, believe it or not, like I was I was better than Jake when we were younger, and then he just grew into his body, and he was unbelievable. Like it was so cool to watch, especially like as your brother, like because I'm sure you know, like I get pretty excited when I when I score a goal, but when I see that kid score, it's just like it's ten times better. Like so for me, giving that kid uh, a pass for a breakaway was like me scoring a goal every time. It was just, it was cool to see. And I don't know, like, but back to the, the better thing. When, we're, when we're, we were younger and in high school, everybody was always like, no matter who we played, it was always like, oh yeah, your brother's way better than you. Like you're, you're nothing, like blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, like sometimes that would definitely get into your head. Like it hurts, but at the same time, you're like, dude, like I have a, a brother, like a twin brother. He's amazing. Like why, why can't I, why can't I focus on that? Like, why do I have to look at like, oh, I need to be better than him. Like, no, like let me help him get to where he's, he's supposed to go. So that was kind of like my mindset. Like, and I was like, well, if, everybody in the world is going to think that he's better than me. Why not let me contribute to his success? So I just kind of, like, as hard as it was, I just kind of put it in the, in the rear view mirror and just like, all right, let's, let's do everything I can to get this kid to go D1. And he finally did. So that's, that's about as cool as I can get. Yeah, I always answer it as like, and it's different because it, obviously you, you guys are both boys, but like in my situation, it's boy girl. And um, I think it's hard to compare because she's a defenseman and I'm a forward. She plays D1, I play D3. Like uh, I always say it, she's better at her sport than I am at mine. But if we ever played one-on-one, like I'd, I'd, I'd kill her. But um, <laughs> anyways, getting back into the hockey side of things. So, I mean, you played you played at Buffalo High School, which I mean, I I, I think it's fair to say like you and Jake helped carry that team for the three years you guys were there, and um, that's a position many players find them, may find themselves in. Um, so how did you approach that, and like how did you find a way to you know produce consistently? Um, to be honest with you, it's just like the love of the game, like and playing for your, your town and your community and your friends. Like we had a couple opportunities before we even played high school to, to go away and go play for, for somebody else. And whether I was in Minnesota high school or go play AAA or juniors or whatever, like we, we chose to, to stay and play for Buffalo because not only did we, we think that it was right, but we believed in and the guys that we had around us, like we were always good in youth and we just kind of expected that those guys would continue to be better and um, we would be great as a high school team. And throughout the years, we, we had a winning record every year, but never made it to, to state or anything like that. That was definitely always the goal. And junior year, we came close, went to semis, uh section semis 
and lost to Moorhead. And that was that was a year. Um, I think we were like 17, five and one or something, something along the lines of that. Went on like a 15 game heater that year. Like that was just when everybody was clicking. Like we had Nathan Mueller in that too. Like can't get it wrong. We had a lot more pieces than, than just me and Jake. Like it's a lot, a lot of great players on that team and a lot of guys that could have played juniors, but decided to, to stick with um, what they thought was right for their life and what was good for them at the time, I guess. I was going to say, I think I'd heard uh, Mills tell that story about a hundred times about your 15 game heater. Cause I played with him for two years and I think uh, maybe if he's listening, he'll, he'll laugh at that one, but yeah, he loves talk. He loves talking about his time at Buffalo. He had a great time as well. It sounded like, so it sounded like you guys had a real uh, close group there. Yeah, we gotta we gotta bring up his hair on here. Jeez, oh my gosh. like that guy had hair past his his scapulas on his back, dude. That <laughs> that might have been that might have been part of our heater while we were winning. His hair. <laughs> I remember he. Uh, so my senior year, I played in the elite league and. He, I think he was on Team CCM that year, whatever the like the like the the random team is, and mm-hmm. he would always practice with our team. And I remember him coming in, and I'm like, I just like looked at him, and like, yeah, like you said, like his hair is all the way down his back, just about. I'm like, who is this guy? And then he gets in the net, and he's like flying around all over the place, and he's actually. That's when I was like, all right, this kid's actually pretty good. Like, I'm interested to see how he is in a couple of years. And then, lo and behold, I ended up playing with him, but. Um, yeah. yeah, what a, what a guy Mills. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a creature, man. Like he, in practice, there were some days where he just wouldn't, wouldn't really care. And then you get into a small game and it was like, all right, you're not going to score on me today. And you're like, dude, you, I've scored you all practice. And now you're going to, you're going to try. It's like when that kid tried, he was, he was the best goal I've ever seen. Like he's really hard to score on. Yeah, he's got like that that in game competition is crazy. Oh yeah, his mindset. Yeah. It's really it's cool. Nuts. And fun fact about this guy we're talking about. So he was he was uh, Tyler's goalie in high school. He was me and Zook's goalie um, at at the at the Boston Junior Rangers a couple years ago. And um, when we played with him in juniors, he had seven assists in one year. And he's like we said, he's a goalie. Um, and you might look at that and be like, ah, oh, yeah, but like it could go off his pad and then Connor McDavid could pick the puck up and go all the way down the ice and score. No, like this was, this guy was making like, like two zone passes. Like it was insane. It, it, but honestly though, like having a goalie like that, that could play the puck was huge and it made everything a lot easier for our team. But yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a unique guy. That's, that just, that just adds to it. Dude, he was the same way in, in high school. Like, he'd go on the penalty kill and um, there would be a save and he would just stop with his glove, shoot it out if there was nobody around him and just, like, I don't know if he'd kick it off his pad or what he would do, but he could play the puck like no goal I've ever seen before. Like, he had a shot harder than some of the kids in the JV team, I will say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Got to transition into junior because we 
started kind of talking about that. What was your process like, like your senior year, junior year, maybe opportunities came early. Um, so how were there like a lot of options for you or how did that go over? Uh, obviously mine was kind of crazy with COVID 2020. Um, in March, you, you don't go to school anymore. It's, it's online and hockey season's already over at this point. So you're just, I was trying to focus on lacrosse and the lacrosse season. I didn't even get to have my senior year, but two weeks into uh, quarantine, I, I broke my, my toe and I had to get surgery. So I was on crutches for a month and then in a walking boot until like July. So I like really, I didn't skate. I wasn't really like thinking about hockey at all. I was just like trying to get better and the whole world was in shambles. So there was a lot, a lot of things were just up in the air. And I, this was the, the time where I was just like, all right, well, we gotta, we gotta figure out what's, what's next for you. Cause you're either going to go to college and, and be a student and probably be a professional partier or you're gonna, you're gonna play hockey or lacrosse. So I had, um, Northwestern was talking to me for, for lacrosse and I love lacrosse, still do, wish I could still play, but I just, I didn't really see a life without hockey. So like, as soon as I got that, that boot off, um, it was like, I had like basically four days to prepare for two main camps. They're the only two I could go to because I missed every single other one. So it was Austin and St. Cloud. And Austin was Wednesday to Saturday. So I played that one, went all the way to the All-Star game. At the end, um, the coach, Steve Howard, he was talking to me in the, in the room. And he was just like, yeah, like, we, we want to bring you to training camp. Um, understand you have a, another, another camp you're going to. I don't know what it looks like there. But right now, from what you've showed me, um, thinking about you're probably like a maybe a top nine guy, maybe power play, for sure penalty kill, whatever. So you, I can't like guarantee you a spot, but that's what, like, what we see. I was like, all right, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I haven't skated all summer, and I had four days prepared for this, so let's see what I can do in a, a month or two of training. So after that, I drove back home, and I had St. Cloud's camp start Sunday morning. So I had really, like, no time to heal up or prepare or anything. So just got right into it and um, had St. Cloud's camp, missed the, the first full day, which was two games. So I missed two games at St. Cloud's camp, and I played two or three more, and then they had two all-star games. So at the end of St. Cloud's camp, um, talked to Corey Millen and Casey Mignon, and they were like, yeah, like you're for sure a top nine guy, like power play, uh, penalty kill, like we see all these roles. Um, and I was just like on a high because I was kind of like the opposite of what Austin said. So I was like, sweet, like, dude, I'm going to play in St. Cloud. Like everything's going to be awesome. It's close to home. Like it's going to be sick. So um like a week later or something I'm like yeah I'm going to St. Cloud so I told the coach I was coming there for training camp 
Um, this was when the season got pushed back. So normally like the season starts in early August, August like 15th, you go to training camp, whatever. So now we're, we're going to training camp like September 18th and you have to get a negative COVID test before. So like, I'm like, COVID's a myth, dude. Like I'm immune to everything. <laughs> so I waited until like the last day or a couple days before to get a test. And it comes back positive. And I was like, dude, like, there's no way. Like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm a, I'm a healthy guy. Like, I don't have a stuffy nose, so whatever. So we go, we look up all these places for, for rapid tests. So I go get a rapid test. I drive all the way to Sartell. This is the day before. So I drive all the way to Sartell, get a rapid test. And on my way back home, they give me a call. You're like, yeah, you're, you're negative. So like I drove an hour, spent money on a test and just to find out that I was negative. So it was kind of just like, really dude, like what's with these COVID tests? But I ended up being able to to go and it was a hectic uh, 24, 48 hours from there. But that was the first experience of moving into a billet house and yeah, it was crazy. So I get to St. Cloud. Um, we have like a week or two to prepare for USA. So we're playing them and, uh, we play them twice. I scored a goal in both games. Then the week after we have Aberdeen and I was scratched for the first game played Saturday night. He started me on Saturday night and we got scored on 14 seconds into the game and we ended up losing that game like 10 to two. So that was, that was a really rude awakening to the null. And then two weeks later is when those those USHL teams dropped a bunch of players throughout the Nall, and it was kind of like a shock. There was a kind of a nervousness around the the whole room because you had some some older guys there that were twenty bombs, and they didn't know what to expect. And then you had us young guys that were like, "Oh gosh, like I've never been in juniors before. What does this mean? Like, why is there?" bunch of really good players free and you're the next like team that's not doing amazing that's obviously going to pick up players so I think we picked up like seven USHL guys and we got bagged on on Monday after Aberdeen and that Tuesday I woke up early for some reason we didn't have anything till like one and coach texts me at like 9 30 he's like hey you want to come into the office and from then I was just like yeah all right just get ready to pack my bags just kind of had that feeling like regardless of how good I was doing on the ice I was a young guy and there was a really good USHL player coming so I just didn't really take it like too hard because because how are you supposed to take that like a better player coming down, like a coach is going to be like, yeah, young guy, never played here. Like, see ya. So that was, it was tough, but at the same time, it was just like, kind of had that moment, like, all right, fuck you. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to just be way better than everybody. So then I get a couple tier three offers in the NA and one NCDC. And I was just kind of like, geez, like, what do I do now? You know, like, I, I have no idea. And then my best friend, um, 
but one of my good friends from from youth hockey, he was playing on the USPHL Minnesota Moose, and he was like, "Just come out to a practice." Like, uh, my coach knows that you're a good player, then, and you're a null drop. Like, we have like five or six null drops on this team, so I was like, "All right, let's let's just go out for a practice, see what it's about." It's twenty minutes away, so I ended up skating there for like three days, and. The coach is like, yeah, dude, like, you should totally come play in the games this weekend. And I was just, like, not really sold because I didn't know if I was supposed to be there or, like, what. So I just took, like, that weekend with my parents, talked a lot. And then that Monday, I was just like, yeah, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So played there. And then in, like, November, we had to move to Spooner, Wisconsin. Um because of COVID. So that was, that was pretty crazy, but that team had so many beauties on it. It was unbelievable. Like so many guys that, that pushed you to like kind of knew their place, but also knew that you kind of had something that they didn't, I guess, in a sense. So they were always trying to push me to get the best out of me. And they really, it was really awesome. It kind of shaped shaped me more of into who I am today, I guess. Then yeah, we, we were going to ask you about this too. Um, what, what kind of other things do you think you learned from that experience, like playing at a level you might not think you initially belonged in or you didn't really belong in? Obviously, you didn't stick there for too long afterwards. Um, like, what did you kind of take away from that whole experience? And I'm sure there are people listening who are like kind of teeter-tottering on that tier two, tier three area and like this COVID year was a little different but um what what would you have to say like to to them trying to figure out what they want to do um I would say you kind of you have to have an ego but you have to to check your ego at the door it's like you have to know who you are and what you're capable of but you have to be humble enough to know that you're replaceable so like I knew I was good enough to be in the null, but I was like, all right, there's a hundred or so USHL players that just got dropped from the null. I mean, the USHL, and they're now in the null. And obviously you don't really have, like, like you can't say, oh, this is who I am. Like, I deserve to be in the null. Like, you can't say that yet. So I just kind of took that and I was like, all right, like, let's go be the best player that I can be for this team, whatever that is. And I just kind of worked way harder in practice <clears throat> in practice, and just kind of took it upon myself to shoot more in every game, not kind of like be scared, like just use gifts and abilities that I was given every day. And I think that kind of just took over my play and I was I was successful and I learned a lot of, of good things like you doesn't really matter where you are like if you work hard and push people around you you're going to get good results no matter what so I think that was definitely beneficial for not, not only my game but life in general failures are like so needed it's unbelievable like you think you have this this huge head and then you get knocked down and you just got to get right back up and get back into it.
Yeah, I actually have like almost the exact same experience uh, from my rookie year. Like, I ended up playing. Um, I ended up playing USPHL Premier for the Jersey Hitmen, and I think us being from Minnesota kind of hurts us in that in that in that way with that experience because like I feel like everybody comes out of high school like knowing which junior leagues are good and like which ones like we deserve to be in or think we should be in and mm-hmm. so ending up in, in a league like that like and it's it's like there there are good teams in that league and um it just like it, it was really eye-opening because the same thing like i i knew i shouldn't have been there but at the same time like I had to come to terms with myself that like I'm there for a reason. And I think the biggest thing that I can advise players who are in that position is like, you need to stand out from everybody else, like in a positive way, like you, and and, and in that case too, like you can't be the grumpy guy that thinks he doesn't belong at this level. So he's just going to coast and go through the motions and be a bad teammate and just sulk about it. But I think in my case, it was like, all right, I have one year. Cause like I, at that, at that point I knew I wasn't going to really go anywhere else. Like it just didn't, didn't seem likely. So I was like, I have one season to like focus on me and focus on what I need to do to get to that level. that I think I deserve to be at. And that included like you I'm glad you said it, like grabbing the guys in the team that, that did want to work hard and did have aspirations to go to higher levels. And like, um wanted to get better at all all areas of their game and um just leaning on those guys because I, I in my situation it was like there might have been three guys on the team that generally wanted to go far in hockey or like everyone else was kind of just there to play junior hockey and there to you know be on a team and just go through the motions and like I just would not allow myself to do that and it's easy to get caught in, in a situation like that where you know, you get, you become a product of your environment and it ultimately ruins your, your career. But, um, yeah, I'm really glad you said that. Cause I think there are a lot of people that, I mean, especially if you don't know, like a lot about juniors going into it, like, like you can get hit in the face pretty quickly and then you have to figure things out on your own. And, and there's, there's probably so many players out there that, um, are in places that they don't think they should be at. And I mean, you can still make the most of it regardless of, of what it is. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you talked about environment because that's something that me and Jake have kind of been definitely hitting harder on this year. Like we, as like twins, we already tried to maybe unconsciously do it in, in Buffalo because there wasn't like, like I would say me and Jake and um, Nathan or one or two other guys were the guys that played hockey year round. Like, and that was, that was it. So when, when it was time for hockey to start again, Buffalo, like you had to be, we call it a, a coffee bean because you put a coffee in boiling water, it's coffee. Like it doesn't, doesn't, it changes the environment around itself. It doesn't, conform to the boiling water it doesn't change it it changes it everything around it into yeah coffee um 
So we try to take that into like the environment that you're in and in a locker room or in a hockey setting and maybe with guys that in college, like, hey, they're just there to to play hockey and I'm there to to be the best I can be because I know the potential that I have. So like at Bethel, we have this, this amazing training room uh, map. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of it, but there's about like 12 shooting bays upstairs and a sick workout facility. So if I, I can't walk past that every single day knowing that it's there and I didn't take advantage of it because then in practice or in game, if, if I miss or hit a post and I didn't go to map that day or I'm like, well, you had the opportunity, man. Like you, you could have scored, like you could have sniped if, if you were in map a little longer, if you shot a little bit more pucks. So I just, this year, when I, when I started walking past that every day, I was like, all right, I'm going to utilize that every single day and two times more on game days. And it's, it's transformed um, not only my shot, but my confidence. Like it's amazing when, when you put in a little bit more work every single day, it's amazing that that gap that it creates like I might, I might not have the hardest shot on the team or even the best shot, but I'm, I have a lot more confidence in, let's say, myself shooting puck versus somebody else just because I put in way more time than you. And I think that the more you, you work on yourself, that's what, that's what elevates your confidence. So if I was speaking to anybody, I would say, if you want to be the best, you have to work like the best and watch what the best people do in the NHL. Like I try to shoot like Austin Matthews upstairs or uh, Crosby with his backhand or Patrick Kane with his hands. Like you just have to mimic what they do, find what works, and then pound it into the ground until you see it in your game. Yeah, I think utilizing – the the spaces that your team has is is huge and again like relating that to my rookie year like um i can vividly remember my teammates like chirping me for going to the shooting room every day and being like biz like like why are you doing this like why are you trying so hard like yep. you, this isn't going to help you and stuff and i think for any player out there like if you're ever in a position like that like you're doing something right <laughs> like and yeah. it should be your it should be your mission to to can just keep focusing on you, but at the same time, like change those guys' perspective on that and like try to get them to um to you know follow your lead and and I mean that kind of speaks like the, the poor culture we had on that team. But like um yeah if you're if you're ever in a position where you're getting chirped for working too hard, like that that's a good thing. So every player keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um so I mean, I, I mean, so you go from from the Moose and and finishing out that year there, and and then your age out your last year, you ended up playing for for three teams in the Nall, which I mean, I can obviously imagine like was not an easy experience for you. So like, how did you stay positive and maintain confidence, or like, how important was it for you to to get to North Iowa and know that like you were wanted and that you had a promising role in the team and stuff like that. Um, it was really hard, but first of all, I'll say this, like 
um, to anybody going into juniors. You have to go where, where you're wanted and you have to go where you can trust the people that are in, in the roles that are going to either keep you there or move you on. And um, so like, I'm going to, I went to a couple of USA jail camps after the moose and I went to Anchorage's Anchorage was actually the, the only null camp I went to that, that, um, that summer. Cause I was hundred percent focused on USHL. I was like, all right, dude, like I'm going to play, I'm going to do everything I can. I don't care if I'm a fourth liner in the USHL or a fighter. Like that's where I want to be. So I didn't even take time off after the moose season was over. I just got right back into it. I was the only one training at, at Fortis for a while because everybody's seasons were still going on. And it was it was weird, but at the same time, just, I was just so driven because I, I knew what I wanted. And it was it felt like nothing was going to stop me. Or, and then you get to that, that first um, USHL camp. It was for, for Cedar Rapids. Um, and you go there, and I've always had uh, the worst first game of every every camp I've ever been to. My first game has been terrible. And this, like, I was really good in the practices. We had two practices. I did pretty good there, and then we get to the game, and it's just like I forgot how to use my gifts and abilities, and I was just, like, chipping pucks and trying to kill people. Like, back, like, I was in ninth grade playing Bantam hockey or something, and he just figured out that you could hit kids or something. Um, and I ended up not making that team and that was kind of like crushing because like you, you work all summer and then you don't even use what you worked on in the camp. So that was really like, kind of had to look in the mirror a lot for that and kind of like not dial back your training, but just get more like specified or specific into what you're doing. So I just started shooting pucks at crazy angles. Um, started to learn how to shoot like Matthews, how he pulls it around people and just um, trying to shake defenders, do all that. And I ended up going to Anchorage's camp. Zook, I'm pretty sure you were there. Yeah, yeah, I was. I think that's where I first met, actually. Yeah. So that camp was... was crazy because my first game there it was my the assistant coach for the moves was actually on the bench for my first game so that was kind of like okay like now I I'm a little bit more comfortable here like I don't have to worry so much so that kind of helped me and I think in that in that first game I think I had a goal and two assists and then scored in a shootout after they'd after like they would do a shootout after the games or something. I don't know why. Um, so that was like, kind of like, all right, I can, I can play, I can do this. And then the rest of the, the camp, it just kind of took off from there. I don't know if I scored in every game, but I was playing like myself and I felt good and ended up making it to the all-star game. And the, the head coach was there and he was like, yeah, we really, really want you on our team and we're gonna we're gonna draft you i don't know how high up it's gonna be or 
how low, but we're going to take you. And from then on, I was just like, all right, awesome. Like my work paid off. Like now let's, let's keep going. And then I had one more USHL camp to go to. It was between Fargo and Des Moines Buccaneers. So I ended up going to Fargo because my twin brother played there. I was like, yeah, dude, like, let's, let's try to make Fargo's team. Like I really wanted that. And I did good there, but ended up like, which really pissed me off when I look back on it. Like they put me in the, in the younger group, like not even in the, the older group with like the null guys and the kids that already played juniors. Like I was playing against like AAA kids. So I, I like, I had four goals and whatever, like it didn't even matter. And they were just like, yeah, thanks for coming. See ya. So that, that really pissed me off and it drove me even more essentially. And flash forward to July, I get drafted second overall by Anchorage. I'm like, all right, I'm going there. Sick of the USHL, like write that dream off, whatever. So I moved to Alaska in August, August like 13th, training camp started the 16th. Um, we were skating and working out a lot. It was probably like, the best shape I've been in in my life because on Sundays you would literally scale a mountain and that was like insane like stuff you I've never done before um and the guys were great my billets were awesome three huge dogs um I really liked Alaska and then I played like seven games to start the year scratched for for one we started the year in Minnesota with the showcase. Then we played Chippewa. And we get back to Alaska in October. And it's our first um, homestand in Springfield. And we have three games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm, like, on the power play this whole week. On, like, second or third line, I don't remember. Like, I'm doing good in practice and feeling myself. And then all of a sudden comes to Friday. and I'm not in the lineup. And that was like soul crushing. You're like, dude, like I've worked so hard. I was got this team drafted me. Like, um, this I felt like this is where I was supposed to be. And then Saturday night rolls around, you're not in the lineup again. And you're like, okay, like, what's going on here? Like, we barely won last night. Like, I was like trying to pick out guys that I I could be better than. You know, like, that's, like, the victim mindset that I had. I was, like, I'm better than him. Like, why am I not playing? Um, Sunday night rolls around, and I'm not in again. And I was just, like, like, it's so hard to be positive when that when that happens. So I was, like, you know what? I'm just going to be the, the best team that I can be today. And I think that was the best thing I could have done because it was one of the last days I was in Anchorage. Like, I was only there for two more days. But – so that Sunday, Monday, we had Monday off. Uh, that Sunday and Monday, it was it was a lot of praying. It was a lot of trying to figure out what's next for me because I was like, I'm either going to be here and I'm probably not going to be in the lineup all the time if this is how he sees me. Like the, the, the biggest three games you'll ever have in Alaska and you're not even playing. Um, 
So I was, I just kind of got the feeling I had to have a meeting with the coach and uh, prayed a lot about the meeting. And I walk in Tuesday before practice. He tried to make it like super low key, like, oh yeah, just come in before the skate um, Tuesday. And I was like, oh, all right, like whatever. Didn't really like think too much, but like as a 20 year old, you're nervous. You're like, I didn't play three games this weekend. Like, what's he going to say? So I I get in there, sitting there, like, fully dressed, and walk in, and it's him, the owner, and the assistant coach. And I was like, shit. I just knew kind of, like, right away what was going on. And then they were like, Ty, you know what, man? We, we love you, and I think you're a great player. and um, but I just don't really think it's going to work out here. Like you'd be in and out of the lineup. And as a 20 year old, that can't be how it's going to be for you. So I was just like, really obviously disappointed that I like when you're in that mindset, you, you have, you're building a brand for yourself. So I just kind of shut it all off. And I was like, you know, what? thank you guys. But, um, I got to be in every game. It's my last junior year. So. Um, I respect you guys a lot, but I need to play. So if you guys can put my name out there and um, see if any anybody has an interest in me, that would be amazing. And that was kind of how the, the meeting went off. Um, and then later that day, I get a call from the magicians, and they're like, yeah, coach said amazing things about you. Like, we see you as, like, a first-line guy, power play guy. Like, we don't really have – a lot of um, scoring right now. Our power plays down. Uh, blah blah blah. So that night, I was like, "All right, mom, like, I need a flight home. <laughs> like, I'm not on the team anymore." And they were like, "Oh no! Like, what are you talking about? Like, obviously, like your parents, like, they don't really know everything about about juniors. But my dad, he he knew quite a quite a bit, but he was still mad about." everything that happened but I was just trying to find the, the positive aspect of it. so I get home I it was a red eye so I flew out at like 10 Alaska Alaska time which is like 1 a.m Minneapolis time and I land at like 6 30 my mom's there to pick me up with my two suitcases and a, a hockey bag at 6 a.m. And then later that day, Josh was nice enough to get me some ice because the next day I was going to skate with magicians. So he got me some ice and it was actually probably the worst skate I've ever had in my entire life. I was falling all over the place. I was maybe discombobulated from, from flying or whatever. But So next day I get to magicians, skate there for two or three days it's like a Wednesday or a Thursday at this time we have two games this weekend and I, I think I'm on the team but at like the same time like you're, you're gonna whirlwind because of what just happened so coach calls me in after like a week of me being there he's like yeah we want to keep you here um but right now like you're just gonna be like a fourth line guy like you don't have any room on the power play like I don't really see like you jumping in and taking somebody's spot that's been on this team for two years. And I was like, yeah, all right, dude. Like, 
I'm going to, I'm, you'll see, like, I'm, I'm going to take this spot. So like from then on, I just worked way harder in practice and scoring all the time. Like I was doing everything, what I thought was the right way, but you can't control um, a coach. You never, you never can. If he has a certain seed in his mind about you or whatever you do, like there's, there's not much you can, can do to get around it. So after um, three, three more weeks, I think, because I was only on a team for a month, I was like, all right, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't not play. So I went into his office. I actually had to sit after practice and wait for like an hour and a half because he was talking to like five other people before me. And he had no idea that I was going to do this, but I knew every – Every inch of my body knew that I was not going to be a magician tomorrow. So I walk in and I'm like, hey, um, I just, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I came here because I thought I was going to play every game. Like, you know, I'm 20. Like, you told me that I was going to be in the lineup on the first line on the power play. And I haven't gotten any of those things yet. And I've worked really hard and I thought I've shown it in practice. And, He's just like, you know what, like, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you because I don't really think you have much going on. Like, I could try to put you on the wire, but I don't think anybody's going to even want you on their team. And I don't really think you're going to be um, a very good player in the null if you go somewhere else. And I don't even think you're going to be more than that average division three hockey player and I was just kind of sitting there like like what did you just say to me like you're you're a you're a coach and you're telling a player that so I was just like yeah all right put me on the wire like I literally just said put me on the wire like that's it um and he's like yeah I'll put you on the wire I'll say what whatever I need to say and um, I just left the meeting. I was like, yeah, you know what? Thank you. Like, I appreciate you bringing me in. Um, I appreciate everything you, you did for me, trying to help me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that later that day, I get a call from Todd, uh, North, North Iowa's head coach. And he gave me a chance, but he told me, he's like, I don't know if it's going to be tier three or and hey, but I can promise you that you're going to be playing a game every single weekend for the rest of your junior career. And I was like, all right, buddy, I'm there. That's that's the spot for me. And get there that like Thursday or something. And we're we're wearing Bush Light jerseys. And um, it's like the first like a homestand and their rank is sick. It's like a bowl. There's probably like a thousand people there. And like my second shift, I get an assist. And I was like, all right, this is where I'm this is where I'm supposed to be. And it was great from then on. I didn't I didn't play a single tier three game. I was I was in every single game besides one. Um and he believed in me. So I just really gotta thank him for that. And it was a great cap to to my junior career. So that's awesome to hear you end up finding a spot like that. Not a lot of guys do, actually. Yeah. 
I definitely uh, had to, to bet on myself a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah, that's um I think each of us kind of went through something like that too, where um kind of felt like you got kicked around. I was actually at the magicians for a while. I ended up tendering there my second year. I know Biz was at the wilderness that that COVID year as well. Um and there was that feeling when all the USHL kids came and you kind of got kicked off to the side. And you're like, well, yeah. all right, like Am I gonna? Am I gonna be like playing hockey in the next two weeks? Like I, I mm-hmm. kind of sat around for a week and a half. I was just like working on training, like <clears throat> waiting for a call, whether it was like hoping, hoping for tier two NCDC something, and then, yeah. you know, ending up like kind of not swallowing your pride, but like almost finding a place where like you feel like you have you have to go. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But um. So what was your what was your college recruitment process like during this whole like I assume your age out year was mostly when you're talking to schools and stuff. Um so bouncing around like team for te- team for team, like how'd that end up and like how'd you end up at Bethel? Um recruitment process was kind of crazy for me because obviously you're you're a Minnesota kid, you're like, yeah, dude, I want to go D one. That's all that's on my mind. So that was on my mind definitely. And it was harder right away because you're playing tier three and you're like, how the heck am I going to go D1? And you're trying to play every single scenario and every single scenario leads you back to D3. So I just kind of scrapped the goal and I just said, I'm going to play college hockey. And during the the tier three experience, um, Lawrence University, where you're playing actually was the first first team to talk to me like severely for um so long and I talked to him throughout my age out year um and then he took a job at uh Green Bay Gamblers so I so that kind of like I really liked him but I wasn't really sold on the school I guess you could say yeah um and I talked to a lot of Wisconsin teams WIAC uh, what's your conference? NCHA? NCHA, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. A couple of teams from there. And everybody, I mean, it was, it's a college call. Any any um, juniors player could probably say the same thing. Like, they all say they're interested in you and they want to see what you can do. Like, keep going. Like, you're doing the right things. Um it's kind of like what I heard uh, from those junior coaches. Like I was just, I, I, I lost trust in people like because of that experience. And it's probably just not the, the best way to go about it, but it was my natural instinct. Cause I was just like, um, yeah, you're saying this. So did, so did two other people. Like, why should I believe you? You know, like those guys seem just like you. Um, but long story short, I, Bethel came to probably like 10 or 11 of my games in when I was in North Iowa. And I just, I felt something different about the coaching staff. And I was just like, these guys like actually care. Like who else is, driven two hours to come to each one of your games to stay and talk to you after and then I went on my visit when we had time off in in April and 
it was it was amazing like you see the the map facility um the locker room the coaches see some of the guys that when you're going through your tour at school and i was just like this is where this is where i'm supposed to be and this is um where i'm going to start my next chapter in my life and so like i didn't really commit like right away like we had like a sit down talk after and i was just like yeah like uh, i told him how i felt told him that i really liked it there but i was like i need to finish my season kind of put all my focus there because i think we had like five weeks left or i don't know maybe no like six games left probably so i finished the year and a couple more teams reached out from various locations but i was still set on bethel um i had to make those hard couple phone calls to those guys that were were talking to you like all throughout the process and had to be like hey you know what i decided to go with bethel and that's just where you got to keep um your personal brand up and you can't really like fall into um like let's say i just posted a commitment on my story and didn't tell any of those guys like how would that make them feel so i had a long talk with my dad about this and he's just like you know what i didn't raise you to do that like you got to be a man about this even if it's a, a hard conversation so i really had to man up there pull up my pull up my jeans and tuck my socks in like it was not easy conversations and obviously those those coaches they they understood um but yeah i just woke up one day after a lot of a lot of prayers and i was like bethel bethel's a spot for me and it's worked out tremendously well and i'm very happy with where i am right now it's actually it's kind of funny because um you know you talking about like kind of shifting from d1 to d3 throughout juniors and um that was kind of my process with your coach uh chris mckelvey like i um i talked to him when he was at army my senior year and then when he ended up taking the job at bethel it like slowly went from hey like i want you at army to hey you should come to bethel and stuff so i mean that was that was uh that was a, that that, that kind of helped me realize like all right like i think the path for me is to play d3 like this is probably where it's heading towards but even then like um when i was going through my own recruitment process like 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 i, like I just said like i was considering bethel and um like like you just said um texting those coaches that you end up not committing to is definitely or even like calling them like it's definitely a a tough tough thing to do and, and especially like for how long i had been talking to coach mckelvey like it was it was really hard and um but even just like speaking into the into the culture that you guys have at Bethel, like he responded to me saying I was going to Buffalo State by saying like you're gonna do amazing there. Like you you're an amazing person and you're like like you have so much purpose for your life and all this. It was like like the like the most perfect response you get from a coach that you just told no. And yeah. um so again, like that kind of speaks to the culture and, and the foundation that you guys have at Bethel. So like what, what, what exactly makes Bethel special and like, what have you enjoyed about it so far? Yeah. So culture at Bethel is, is unbelievable. I mean, it starts with, with the coaches and, and 
I've never really had coaches that were so strong in their faith. And I think that's a, a really big thing to the, the culture that we have. Um, we always talk about pursuing excellence and excellence in everything you do. And he always says excellence is biblical because God gave you gifts and abilities. And if you're not um, pursuing like and using those gifts and abilities in your everyday life, like he's not saying like it's a slap in the face to, to God, but it's like it's you should, you know, like let's whatever you're good at whatever God gave you, like, why wouldn't you want to build that for him? Like, let's say he, he gave me a really good work ethic and I'm going to use that work ethic to build my shot, to build my hands, to build my, my brain on the ice and to just pursue excellence in those things so I can be great every day. And along those lines, he's, he's just the, the same every day. Like whether we lose on Saturday or sweep, he's still going to love you on Monday. And the whole coaching staff still going to love and joke around with you on Monday. Don't get me wrong. They're going to push you. They're going to make you better every single day you're on the ice. But it's, it just feels like it's, it's different in a way. Because in juniors, you go from – Every mistake you make, um, you could be out of the lineup or you could be getting screamed at on the bench. And now it's just like these guys have have really helped me in my in my confidence because they're they're always telling me, like, hey, we believe in you, man. Like we see your potential. Like don't get worried in the external things of how much you play or how many how many goals you have or whatever it is. He's like, just keep working. Like it's early. Like we believe in you. We know what you can do. And just hearing that from a coach, like no matter what you do on the ice is just so calming. Like, obviously you still want to do your best every single day and you still want to give it all. But in juniors, you're almost playing like when you're playing, especially in the null, you're playing for that coach. You're playing to be in a, the game on Saturday night and here I already know that the coach is going to love me on Monday I already know that he believes in what I can do and it's like that stress is gone it's like now I just have to be the best guy I can be every night and if I can just focus on that every single day like what's going to stop me because if I'm just working on myself and my abilities every single day I'm going to have a leg up on everybody and I think the, I think this is coaches, this coaching staff's fourth year, and just like brick by brick, they've been building this for those those years, and it's it's really starting to show now, and I just love it there. It kind of kind of had a similar experience at Lawrence too. I guess we're both kind of fresh to it, but it might be you know a little used to it, but. Um, so we're in our coaching staffs like first year overall because you know like they both we have a new assistant new head but mm -hmm. we just played like St. Norbert like three weeks ago or something is a great team I got scratched both games but right before the second game I'm like watching them warm up and my coach like comes up to me he's like Monday you're staying after practice with me and let's get you in the lineup for next week 
And like he stayed and this is our head coach, like working through stuff that I need to be better at in order to be playing in these big time games. I'm like, oh my goodness, like that was kind of one of the cooler things I've ever felt because like this guy believes in me, he recruited me like it's not like stuff's giving given to me like I was just scratched two games in a row. It's the worst thing ever, but like there's hope like there's there's a reason to work. Yeah, for sure. And going back to that, like I was the first two games of the year, we played Finlandia, which is like six and a half hours away. And you're a freshman, like you've been doing good in practice. Um, You still think like, oh, yeah, like I'm kind of on top of the world or whatever. And comes around, you're not in the lineup for either game. And you really have to look in the mirror again. And you're like, all right, dude, I really don't want to do this whole junior thing again. Like, I just got scratched. Like, I know I can play. And Saturday, um, I had a meeting with Coach. And he was just like, dude, like, this is so early. Like, you you can't even base anything off this. Like, someone's going to get hurt or you're just going to keep getting better and you're going to find your way in the lineup. Like whatever it is, I believe, you know, I see you every day. Like I can't even tell you something that specifically you need to change for you to be in the lineup because there isn't anything. This is just the lineup we chose for the first two games. And I was just like, okay. But still, I'm going to work way harder than I did last week in practice. And I just told myself, I wrote it down in a journal. I was like, however many pucks I shot each day at at MAP the week before or um, however hard I was working or leaving anything in the tank, I was like, well, we're not doing that anymore. And my brother started this thing called leaving no crumbs on the table. So I just kind of took that into like every day, like whether it's school, um, a film session that you're at, practice you're upstairs shooting pucks like no matter what you do or how long you do it be intentional and don't leave anything in the tank like I know that could seem exhausting but it's not it's so freeing like discipline is may seem like very uh, hard at the time but in reality it it sets you free and it sets you apart from so many different people just because you're working hard consistently. And, and ever since I changed that, that small, small little thing, I've been in a lineup every, every game since then. And slowly but surely I've been producing, I played eight games. I think I have six points and a shootout goal. So like, it's, it's obviously not about the points. It's not about any of that external stuff, but, I'm just excited to see where I can go with this coaching staff that believes in me and pushes me to be better every day. Yeah, I think with you two and your like you guys feel like your coach cares about you. It's it's different from juniors because like 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 you are a product of of these coaches, right? Like they recruited you to come in. They recruited you for a reason, and and they had a vision for where they where you're gonna fall on the in, on the team and stuff. And um, too like you can't like they can't trade you, they can't cut you. Like you're there for four years, 
yeah. unless you transfer or whatever but like like it it, it is a process like uh, and if i could offer advice to you guys like as freshmen like it's learning from my experiences last year like you, you literally do need to stay patient no matter what and for me like my season went from oh gosh like i didn't get any points in the first weekend like like i kind of started panicking and i was like that's like that's not what i envisioned and then it went from that to like oh my gosh like i'm lucky i scored a, a single goal this year like it, it it's crazy how you know and it, it is it is tough as a freshman like you're getting adjusted to a lot of new things and um i think the more you focus on just like winning and like because i mean obviously juniors is like yeah you want to win you want to like play for your team but at the same time like there's always that higher thing that you're shooting for whether it's like a college commitment or whatever like it's a very point driven process where like you're trying to produce as many points as you can so you can look more attractive to college coaches and stuff and like here it's in yeah. college it's like like you're doing everything for your team to win and the less you focus on your own achievements your own points like all that stuff your own numbers like the more it's going to come to you naturally so that's just what i have for you guys but um okay, moving on from that like obviously from what we've from what we've heard so far like bethel's a very faith-based program and um i know faith plays a big part in your life so and i mean this is something that we haven't necessarily covered on here yet like but we obviously support everyone's beliefs like whether they have any or not and and we don't judge people like whatsoever on, on that sort of stuff but like why don't you kind of just touch on like how important faith is to you and like how it's impacted your life um yeah i mean i've always i've always believed in in god my whole life i just took me a little bit to take it a little bit more seriously i guess i would say and yeah, I don't. I definitely don't want to push on anybody, um, ever. But just like the the culture around this team, it just has like a different feeling. Like before, before we we play games, we do a devotional, and it's optional. But nine out of ten times, the whole team's there every time, because it's always good stuff. Um, I think one of the last ones we talked about was. I don't remember the Bible verse, but it was about um, your gifts and your abilities and how we are not playing for external um, success, like how the world looks at things like goals and assists and, and wins. We're just looking to play with the abilities and gifts that we have been given and work our hardest every time we get that opportunity. So that's just a little, little Devo thing. Um, each time's new, and it's really, it's really good mustard seeds that he just spits out at you. And it's a, it's a good thing to kind of take your mind off the stress of a game before a game too. Um, but for me, faith is, is just, uh, it's gotten me through a lot. It got me through that, all those junior experiences, like the reason I was so calm and the reason it didn't shake me or ruin my drive for the game was because of my faith and because of where I put my, my morals. And I, obviously you want external results, but at the same time, you have to kind of sit back and be like, all right, well, 
I look at it as like, what, what's um, his plan for me? Like, maybe I wasn't even supposed to go to Anchorage. Um, or maybe I was supposed to go through all that to be the person that I am today. Like, you have to look at all these hard things that happen in your life, and you have to try to find a lesson. Because God, in my eyes, and he's a teacher. He is... He's more than just oh let me let me pray for this and I'll I'll get it right away. It's it's more of if you ask for strength, he's gonna give you opportunities to show strength. Or if you ask for love, he's gonna maybe bring you weak people that you can love and kind of teach you how to love. So I mean, it's a lot about just kind of surrendering yourself and just knowing that. No matter who you are, there's a higher power than you. And just kind of don't really focus on too much of what's going on around you because you can't control a lot of that stuff. And a lot of the stuff anyway doesn't even matter. And really, when you look at uh, your life and um, like one of the things that I saw is if it's not going to matter and in five years and don't waste five seconds on it and I think that fits into faith really good because my faith is still going to matter in five years and some of this stuff that I go through every day is is not so why why should I worry about that more than I'm thinking about my faith I guess um I don't know I would just say it plays a really big part in in my life and I'm very grateful and thankful for all the things that he's brought me through and to. That's really cool, dude. Um, it's kind of like that rock that you need to where it's like, um, I used to be like pretty religious back when I was younger and I've drifted away. Like as I've grown, um, cause I went to a high school that had, like didn't care about that at all but um mm -hmm. that's besides the point um having like somewhere to feel like home or like an experience to like rely on going through junior I feel like is so so helpful in that way um I don't know I can't I can't speak for you but um that, that does sound really cool um it's kind of like lead into one of our final questions um it's like what is like one really big piece of advice you'd have for a player, say even like yourself three years ago when you're just coming out of high school, just trying to figure everything out. Um, whether it's like dealing with adversity, daily routine tips, work ethic. Um, I know you mentioned like, I think it was leave no crumbs. Right. Um, or like, like you said, when you went to the most, like drop your ego at the door. Um, do you have just like something you really wish you knew? I'd like to, I'm going to share this quote that I wrote down. Um, it's kind of along the lines of like your work ethic and um, kind of ties into sports and just life in general. I don't know who wrote this, but it says, if someone shows up with their tool belt while you're even contemplating coming to work that day, don't be upset when your position isn't yours anymore. And when I read that, I was just kind of like, 
yeah, well, that fits into my life and I'm sure it fits into a lot of other people's life really well because I'm sure there's there's a lot of people on your team, Zook, and you might you might think it's it's overwhelming. Um, but I'm sure there's somebody on that team that's not bringing his tool belt to work every day. Maybe he doesn't even want to be there. And if you keep putting hammers in your tool belt and you keep working and you want to be there, you'll be there. And I've kind of just taken that um, into practice and into my life and kind of fits in with the, with the no crumbs and be a coffee bean. Cause it's kind of like you're changing your environment by working hard every day and by showing up like that position is yours. And no one's going to take it from me. Um, so that, I mean, that was the mindset. Obviously when I got scratched, I was like, well, when I get that spot, no one's, no one's going to take it from me. And obviously I can't control what the coach does, but I can control what I do. And even if I get scratched next week or the week after or in January or February, like it's not going to change what I'm going to do because when I get back in, I'm not going to lose it again. And I think that's just a, a good thing for all young players and just people in general, because if you really want something, you're not going to let anybody else have it. Like if you had a girlfriend, that was a smoke show, right? <laughs> you're not going to let anybody else have her. Like you're going to get pissed off when somebody looks at her. Like that's kind of how I look at hockey. Like if, if I get a spot, everybody else is looking at it. Everybody else is looking at me. Nah, dude, that's mine. Like I worked for this. Like I'm going to get it. And you're not. And that's just kind of the mindset that I've built. And it's kind of created a little bit more confidence for me. So I would, I would say that if people, if young kids start doing that, that it's not only going to help their, their play, but it's going to help their confidence. And I don't know, I guess I would, I would leave it with be a coffee bean. Don't change yourself, change your environment. Don't leave a crumb on the table, whatever it is. And always show up to work with your tool belt. Wow. That is unreal. <laughs> we need to, we need to make some like Tyler Brissini posters that say that or something and start selling them. <laughs> no, no, but no, Ty, um, we've taken up enough of your time already, but man, like, thank you so much for coming on. Like you said so many important things and I, I really, generally think the listeners are going to love this one and um, good luck to you as you continue your freshman year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you, you, you keep your, your spot like that smoke show. So uh, <laughs> nah, thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome, Ty. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast and I wish success for both you and hockey, but not only uh, what you guys are doing with this podcast here. Love that. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Thanks again, Ty, for coming on and joining the boys for for a good conversation. Um, like we said before the interview, like a lot of a lot of good good key parts of it, and um, definitely lots to learn there. And it's cool to see like he's only I mean he's only a freshman in in college right now, and I feel like he's really been able to like reflect on everything he's gone through already and like really, really accept things for the way that they happened and learn from them. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I thought so too. I thought a lot of his like 
I don't know, his faith-based motivation too was really, really interesting. Um, yeah. And you don't you don't see as much of that in hockey as you'd expect, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like there's always one guy on the team that, you know, is kind of like that where they, where they are really open about their faith and really expressive about it. And I, I, I love that. That's awesome. And I'm really glad we talked about it because, like, like we said in the interview, like that's something we haven't covered yet. And I'm sure there's so many players out there that that can relate to to those beliefs and, and the way Ty thinks and, and how it's impacted his life. So, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And super motivated kid, too. That was one of the interviews where you just get so fired up after. Yeah, I, I might have to, you know, take some of his quotes, his little sayings and get like get him tattooed or something. All right. Put I, I thought <laughs> they're super impactful, too. It's not like a, just like like a random phrase. Like it like they hit pretty hard. Oh, and they're like they're simple, but they have so much meaning behind them. Like those are those are phrases that you can think of on the spot and like know exactly why you're like why you're thinking it or saying it and what it means and how can it apply to your life right now. Yeah. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah. But Zook, before we get out of here, um, I got to tell you about this mental training tough or mental toughness training that we did as a team last week. Um. There's a guy named Chris Palmer from Piranha Training. I actually want to get him on here at some point because I really like some of the things he said and Definitely. some methods he had. But um, some of the exercises we did were some physical ones. Okay, so the first one was you had to do like a squat hold. All right, so he circled us all up, told us to get down in a squat and hold it, and then asked us um, to tell him when we felt discomfort and I think it was naturally like 30, 45 seconds, something like that. And so then he would, he's, he'd ask us, all right, so if, if you had to do this until like failure, like what do you think a really good time would be? And I think we said like three, four minutes, maybe. It's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, all right, well, we're going to try it then. And it was it was up to us whether we want to actually do it or not, which everybody obviously did it. But um, so we did it. The boys got through, I think, four minutes, like he said, and then he stopped it. And and it was like it like the whole purpose behind it was like, okay, if your teammate is struggling or like they want to quit or they do quit, like you have to support them. You have to keep like going yourself as well. So we did that, whatever. Then the next one was. We're on our backs on the floor and it was like a, it was like a leg raise or like, yeah, leg raise where like your feet are, you know, like six inches off the ground. You had to hold it there. So same thing, like let them know when we have discomfort. I think we had the same answer. It was like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. So then same process. He's like, what, what, like, what would be a good time? And we said, oh, what did we say? I think it was the same thing. It was like four to five, like. Four to five you minutes. guys are suckers. You should have said two and a half minutes. Well, before. no, because we went. No, there's no way he would have let us get away with that. Um, okay. And so then, same thing. We did it for five minutes, and then he goes, "You know what? Actually, no. Like, like, like. Sometimes life throws curveballs at you. Like, we're gonna go for six. And so we did. We did the extra minute, whatever. Like, like a lot of guys went down for that and then went back up because i mean it, it was really hard i would have yeah i would have gotten started, yeah it started to wear on the lower back a little bit but okay so the last one 
you had to hold your arms out to the side, like straight out or straight to the side, locked. Yep. Like a T pose. And same thing. Guy said, I think we said a good time for that would have been five minutes. And so then he goes, <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do 20 minutes. So the boys obviously start freaking out because, I mean, 20 minutes just sounds like impossible. Um, so, all right. So I, I, I'm going to ask you this. Like, how long do you think we made it till? 13, 14. We did it for 25 minutes straight. Seriously? Yeah. So we're we're doing it. And honestly, like, I didn't think, like, the first 10 minutes weren't horrible. Like some guys were struggling and like whatever, but that's natural. And um, it, yeah, it was it was bad. And it was funny because like he said twenty, and then we knew we were kind of getting close to twenty. And then he started talking to us like while we we're doing it. So like we're like we're like all in our like we're all thinking like okay like we got to be done by now. Like this is like a hundred percent already twenty minutes, and he prolonged it for another five. And it was, yeah, it was madness. It was, uh, guys were like crying, but not even like, like on purpose. Like they literally like had no control. Like guys like were like tearing up because of how hard it was. And honestly, Wait, what? Yes, dude. I'm not kidding. Like it was, it was, it was nuts because like, like you're, you're literally pushing your body so hard and you're like literally fighting your own mind to the point where like, your emotions are just out of control and you can't like, like it was, it was like a, just a physical response was crying. Were you guys like like, talking? Were you guys like chatting, like doing whatever? I mean, we were like pumping each other up, like when guys were struggling and stuff, but like for the most part, like you're just so focused on not dropping your arms and yeah, it was crazy. But I will say like, like as crazy as it sounds, it was so like, he was so right and true about everything. Cause like, when you're doing things like that, your mind is telling you the whole time, like, we need to stop, like, this is too hard, and all this stuff. But like, if you just block out that noise in your own head, and you push past it, like you can achieve way higher than what you think you could. And I think he said, the highest time that he's ever had a client do for that was an hour and 15 minutes. (laughs) I was like, if we had to do triple of what we just did, I think I would literally pass out. So, so what was like the feeling after were you guys like ridiculously sore? Like what was the honestly like no. It was it was like it was just like obviously relieving when when you first put your arms down, but it I mean I think I was normal after like five minutes. I will say like even though my arms were fine, like I felt kind of lightheaded because you're literally like breathing through it literally fighting yourself the entire time so yeah if anyone wants a challenge anyone wants to push push their mental uh abilities like i'd recommend trying one of those things and seeing how much you can you can do but yeah that's why i want to get them on here and like talk about that because it was actually really cool and i mean he was like before we did it he was like this might be for some guys like the hardest thing you have you've ever done in my head i'm like yeah whatever like no way and physically like that might have been up there for me like that might have been i was like trying to think i'm like what have like what have i been through that's been harder than that 
Like, I don't know. That is so cool. I can't. I can't lie. That is our coach. If if our coach listens this long, dude, he will eat this guy up. Yeah, I mean, this he guy loves like, that stuff. This guy works with with NHL guys and like various levels of hockey players and um apparently for for a good reason because i think all the boys as much as it sucked like we all enjoyed it and it it was good team team building too because like you saw a guy start to struggle a little bit and all the guys were like getting around him rallying him up and um yeah it was it was uh it was something i've something never done before that's for sure it's really cool yeah we but, should get him on, dude. That would be really, really cool. He sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. We had him for two days, so it was. It was. It was a really good, really good two days with him. You had him for two. Well, it was like it was like it was like two hours for two days, so four hours total. But was it just an off weekend? Um. Well, it was like it was Thanksgiving break, so we didn't have we didn't have class. Oh, okay, makes sense. So, yeah, but. Uh, Zook, I, I don't have anything else to report, man. This this was good, yeah. good interview. Um, good catching up with you again. I I'm I'll be home for Christmas in a couple weeks. We'll have to, we'll have to get together. Maybe yeah. maybe crank out a live live pod. That'd be so cool. That, that'd be crazy. Well, uh, well, we should have our guest live too. Then, uh, that's that's maybe, for a later discussion. Maybe, but... maybe they tease tease the listeners a little bit. Oh my god! Give him something to look forward to. Now, now we might, now we have to actually do it. Yeah, I know. That's so cool. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Tyler, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate your words and stuff, and I'm sure the listeners do as well. Um, been busy. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Ty for hopping on with the fellows, and <clears throat> everybody, happy December. Let's have a good month. Yep.